Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I am your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is empowering the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today we're talking about a really interesting trend, but we're talking about stress and pressure. And oftentimes we let things get normal. In fact, it's a new normal that we're dealing with today, but we want to talk about how we're going to shape that to a more helpful place. Yeah, Andrew, I don't think I could be more excited about this conversation. I hope I do it justice. But listeners, we are going to talk about the normalization of stress. We all just say, yeah, life is stressful. Yep. And it is. That's not a lie. But I actually believe there is a difference between pressure and stress. And if we use it right, the pressure can actually make us exactly who we need to be. So good. So, so good. I'd love to start, Andrew, if you don't mind. I want to just reminisce a little bit. In our lifetimes, we have seen things become new normals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I'll never forget uh, after September 11th, 2001, President Bush got on the airwaves and said, we have a new normal. Yeah. And you know how it looked to me? I fly a lot on airplanes. I mean, the TSA uh, security yeah. was just so hard after that. I can't imagine. I was a kid yeah, then, you yeah. know, 11 years old, but that must have been a massive yeah, change. Yeah, you're taking off your shoes, you're taking off your, <laughs> you're taking off your coat, you're taking off this, you look, you know, yeah. let me look through everything. Now, it's gotten a little bit better, but we got used to a new normal. Yeah. I'm not loving TSA pre-check, yeah. but, um, but I, I'm, now, I'm now used to it. It's a new yeah, normal we got yeah. used to. Yeah, um, and the fact that you were, you're now used to it makes it easier for you to handle, right? That's right. Yeah. Plus, there's all these new services to pre-check and clear that's and right, all these exactly. things that you are can, trying to... You can bypass the system. Yeah. I'll tell you another one, though, I just yeah. thought of. Um, I remember being aghast at how we were buying water in bottles. Yeah. Because at first, you know, when I was growing up, you got it from the tap and Water free, fountain or whatever, yeah. yeah. What do you mean I'm paying $2.99 for a bottle of <laughs> Who's going to buy that? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And we do. Yeah. It's normal. And now I, I drink five or six bottles a day. Yeah. Who knows what I'm paying for that? In fact, I don't want to know what I'm paying <laughs> for that. It's better not to know something. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's um, interesting things like, I mean, uh, I'm a person who really loves music of all kinds, right? Music for a time, even once I got my first device, which was an iPod, that yeah. was the first yeah. device I ever had, it was still a labor of love. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, because they try to make it easy with iTunes, but often I was getting CDs because they had yeah. bonus things. And yeah. you got to buy the CD and you bring it home and you download it to your computer and then you have to plug in your iPod and then put it on your iPod. And it's a whole thing. And when I think now about how easy it is. Oh, yeah. So this is moving in the positive direction about how easy it is. Now my phone says, hey, you know that artist you like? They just put out new music. I push one button and all of a sudden I'm listening to it. So what an interesting transition. Another one that I think of um, is I also love photography and taking pictures. Yeah. I remember uh, traveling around as, as a kid with those yellow disposable cameras. Do you remember? There <laughs> yes, was the I yellow do. brand and the green brand. And, yeah. the, and you yeah. had one or the other and uh, traveling around with those and taking pictures. And then you got to go to Walgreens or yeah. wherever and, and uh, you yeah. know, have Get your them. pictures printed yeah. and Developed. all of that. Yep. So it's so funny to think about how very different our, our lives are now in terms of photography. Now we have thousands upon thousands of photos that we're probably never going to look at again. Yeah. And they just keep getting bigger and bigger every yeah. year, which is a really funny thing. The things we get used to. Well, you know, what's coming to my mind right now, and we'll move forward after this, but I think the biggest new normal we're facing today yeah. is the COVID-19 thing. 
yeah. a new variant, you know, Omicron and Delta and others. And I don't think we're done. Yeah. I think we're just going to have to get used to uh, COVID-19. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, although yeah. it's not fun. I think we're going to move forward and look back later and go, you know what, we, we get a shot every year or we wear a mask a, a month or two per year, yep. but we get used to this new normal. Yep. And I, what I want you to hear me say, listeners, is I'm not saying we're settling, but sometimes new normals are settling. And that's what we want to talk about today. Absolutely. When we say now, that stress is just the new normal. We just have to know teenagers are going to be stressed out. I don't think it has to be that way. I totally agree. Yeah, there's a difference. When you see things starting to settle into normalcy, we've got to ask a bigger question to go, is it okay that we're settling here? Or is this one of those situations where we go, no, we can't let this happen. And you're exactly right. When it comes to stress, I just, I'm watching these kids struggle and I think it cannot be, it cannot stay this way. We can't let it become normal. Yeah, well, we've seen this in music. Uh, So maybe stress has always been around, but in pop music, starting in 2015 with 21 Pilots, where they wrote a song called Stressed Out, Wish We Could Turn Back Time to the Good Old Days, When Mama Sang Us to Sleep, But Now We're Stressed Out. We started singing about our stress. And I would say over the last six or seven years, it's been so normal that I'm afraid we as adults, that would be parents, teachers, coaches, administrators, employers, anybody who works for the next generation just say, ah, they're stressed out. They got mental health problems. Yeah. That's just the way what it is. What else is new? Yeah. yeah. We need to, I think we can address it. And that's what I want to do in this, this podcast. I today. love it. I love it. Such an important topic. Let's dig in. So Jana Davidson is a seventh grade science uh, teacher and she teaches 10th grade biology. So she's your, she's, she's a great teacher, but she would just say, I'm just an ordinary teacher. Yeah. And um, every day she observes her students coming into class pretty much feeling stressed out. Yeah. I mean, they enter the class feeling stressed, not yeah, after the class. Yeah. And many of them feel overwhelmed, anxiety has been normalized. And so when I asked her, she said, well, I feel like my best response is to not add to their stress yeah. by pressuring them to excel. Yeah. And that's where I would differ. And we had a great conversation yep. and I got her permission to share the story. But I actually believe that stress and pressure are two different things. And by removing pressure, we actually remove the opportunity for them to become their best selves. Yeah, that is a huge statement. And I think, by the way, just to double click on this, I think the experience of Jana Davidson is an experience that so many teachers are yeah, feeling right now. Yeah, yeah. They feel some stress. Yeah. They feel pressure. And they are wondering if maybe the best thing I could do for my kids, because I feel for them, is to actually remove some of the things That's that right. I'm, I'm putting on them. I commend you for asking that question, but you're exactly right. We need to think about the difference, def, different definitions between yeah. these two terms. Yeah, she did want to be the bad guy, adding one Absolutely. more source of stress. So let's talk for a minute about the power and the benefit of, of pressure. Okay. So both kids and adults can let stress get them down. I feel stressed out sometimes, but there's a difference between stress and pressure, as I've already pointed out. So Dane Jensen released a book some time ago called The Power of Pressure. And he says that stress can be harmful, but pressure is not. Interesting. Yeah. And, and then he backs this up. So in fact, it could actually be the solution for many stressed out students. Fascinating. Now, listeners, did you hear what I just yeah, said? Yeah, say that again. Pressure, pressure could be the solution to the stress. Interesting. And I'm going to explain that in just a minute. So we've all heard the analogy of a diamond emerging from a coal mine. 
right? Mm -hmm. We've all heard maybe just anecdotally or maybe when we watched the original Superman movie back in the 80s, you know, here's this mine with coal and, you know, coal when it's left there under pressure can turn into a diamond. We've heard that. Most of us haven't studied the science. I haven't until now. But let's talk a little bit about the science of, of coal. Coal is one of man's earliest sources of energy. Uh, in fact, I think thousands of years ago, China was, you know, extracting coal and, and, and using it. So, in, in fact, it's why coal is often extracted and burned to generate heat, mm -hmm. okay? But that's not the only option. A lump of coal can also be transformed into a diamond with the right amount of pressure. So what does it take to turn coal into a diamond? Well, first of all, let me, let me hasten to add, it's not coal that actually becomes a diamond. It's the carbon inside yep. the coal, yep. okay? So four elements turn that carbon into a diamond in a lump of coal, okay? It's the carbon inside the lump, Has as to be I just present. said. Yep. yep. The intense heat okay. it experiences, uh, the intense pressure, uh -huh. and the period of time. Yeah. Okay? So a one week wouldn't do much, but, but years and years and years and years does something, okay? So in fact, I would say the longer the coal can endure under pressure, the more likely a diamond is to become the outcome. Okay. Okay. Everybody listening knows exactly where I'm going with this. If we can help students withstand, build a little grit, we've got diamonds, not literally, but we've yeah. got a diamond result in that young person that's so ready, not only for adulthood, but for leadership at the end of the journey when they graduate. Love it. Yeah. So let me just remind you of something I've said, but I want to underscore it right now in your heads. I want you to remember that pressure isn't the problem. In fact, it's the solution. Mm. I'm going to say it again. Pressure isn't the problem. It's the solution. The key is knowing how to manage the pressure we feel. Yes. And I want to give you listeners right now, in fact, apply this to yourself first, and then I'd like you to apply it to the young people that you work with. So all pressurized experience experiences include three elements, okay? Element number one, importance. Something feels high pressurized when the stakes feel high because the outcome's important. Yes. In other words, you don't really feel pressure if somebody says, I'm going to take that bubble gum from you. Well, I don't care. Take it. You yeah, know, I, I yeah. can get another one. Yeah. But the moment something is very valuable, yeah. that, that's when you feel pressure, okay? Mm -hmm. So importance is category number one. Category number two, uncertainty. So there's no guarantee of this outcome, and it could go either way. Uh, I see. Yeah, you see, yeah, that yeah. feels pressure. Okay. In fact, I feel no pressure if I if I'm rewatching a football game with my favorite team. I go, I know how it ends. Yeah, they win. Yeah, you know, there's no pressure. Yeah. If I'm watching it, I don't know if they're gonna win. Oh my gosh. Different you know? feeling. Yeah. So that's number two. Number three, volume. The intensity and the amount of input coming at you, which you need to process. Yeah. So listeners, if you're not able to take notes because your hands are on a steering wheel, <laughs> importance, uncertainty, and volume are the ways we measure the kind of pressure that's coming at us. Now, your students would say, oh my goodness, I have a ton of that. Yeah. My biology exam or my science project or whatever. Yep. So just know that we all have our perceptions, but perception is reality. If they feel like something's very important... It's really uncertain how it's going to turn out, and it's too much for me. This pressure can just become stress, and there's no diamond at the end. It's just a lump of coal that's been burnt out. I mean, if I can continue the, yeah. the metaphor here, it's just it burns up, yeah. okay? And we don't want that. Yeah. Stress is different than pressure. It may feel the same, but it's not. Pressure is often lumped together with stress. The difference, now watch this here, 
The difference is the ability and responsibility you possess to do something about it. Ah, that's good. Okay. So let me give you some examples. This is a simple one for me because I'm a sports nut. An example of stress is yelling at my TV when my favorite team is playing. Yep. Okay? I feel a lot of stress oh in that gosh, place. Oh my gosh, do I do that? I'm interacting as if it's listening to me, okay? <laughs> yes. No matter what I do, I can't help or hinder the game. I think superstitiously I'm helping yeah. this team win, but I'm not helping. Yeah. So that's stress. Yelling and screaming, but I can't really No help. control, no that's responsibility, right. Right. no ability, yeah. Pressure, on the other hand, is when you're playing in that game. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I'm not claiming to be a great player, but if I'm in the game, even if I still feel stressed, at least I can do something with the ball. I can yeah. put it through the hoop. I can run it into the end zone. Yeah. I can I can hit it in a, in a, a ball field. So you're naturally going to feel stress if you go, man, there's a whole bunch of pressure. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. We've got to empower students to say, you can get up off your bottom and do something about that. Yeah. And the moment you do, it doesn't make it easy. But at least you're doing something yeah. and the stress turns into diamonds if we stay long enough. I love that. I love that. So the pressure of performance can actually bring out the best in us because the outcome is within our influence. Mm. I wanted to make sure you catch capture that. I would argue that pressure is the best way to call out what's really inside of us. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. In fact, if I don't have pressure on me, if I don't... How many times have I said to you, Andrew, deadlines or lifelines? Yes. If I don't have a deadline for the next book I'm writing... Who knows when that thing will get done, you know? Maybe 2028, 20, you know? Yeah. But the moment there's, ooh, that pressure brings out the best in me. Mm. Now, could it bring out the worst? Yes, if I just sit around doing nothing, that's stress. Yep. So we've got to say, number one, we've got to make sure pressure isn't seen as a negative word. It's a yes. good word. Yes. Pressure is my best friend. Yeah. It's going to make me better. Yeah. I'm a piece of coal. I got carbon inside. It's going to make me better. Yeah. But we've got to convince ourselves of that. So if we take it back, just the conversation where we are at this point, we take it back to that teacher, right? Yeah. She is looking at, and often we do this, we look at our students and we see all the stress they're feeling. Well, now we have terminology for this. Yeah. This, the stress that they're feeling is all the stuff coming at them that they can't do anything about, yeah. right? Yeah. I have no control over my TikTok yeah. feed or my Instagram feed. I have no control over a global pandemic that's going on. And we think the best thing we can do is give them fewer assignments in school when the reality yeah. is that those, those assignments are actually mm. pressure, not stress. They're uh, an opportunity for that student to go, you know what, I do have the ability to check some stuff off the list, to uh, accomplish a task and uh, all of those things. So actually, what's interesting is if we go back to that teacher, we would say, you're actually robbing them yes. of possibly one of the uh, experiences that they could have right now that would help them alleviate some of yeah. that stress. Yeah, totally. In fact, I'll just go down that road. Let's say we take all the pressure off. I know we wouldn't, but let's just say we took all the pressure off because we don't want these kids to feel stressed out. Well, now they got all this free time. They're binging, you know, some yep. Netflix show, but they're not liking who they become. Yeah. Y you know what I mean. I they're, totally they're not do. becoming this better person that we all long to be when yeah. we look in the mirror. But I, you know, I just watched six hours of, of this, this episodic adventure, you know, uh, on, on Netflix. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that we slip into denial about the challenge challenges we face. Kids can be stressed out. There's no doubt about it. All I'm saying is that we should determine whether those challenges turn out to be merely stressful or if the pressure eventually produces a diamond. Mm. Does the carbon in the coal remain the same or does it get transformed in the process? If you do nothing about cha challenging circumstances you face, stress can be the result. Mm. So um, here's a quick insight. Over time, the sources of our stress have changed. 
Too many young people are worrying about things that weren't normal stress in generations past. Yeah. You just mentioned some examples. Yeah. And I think we need to make sure that we point them out and say, you knew you need to decide what you're going to do with that. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk now about, about a, I, I want to take this analogy of pressure a little bit, step further, and then I want to give some real practical steps. Yeah. So pressure, uh, I'm just thinking out loud now, but pressure can feel like a shove. Let, let's imagine just for a moment we're, that we're at an amusement park. We're a group of people, you and me, Andrew, and all of our listeners here are at an amusement park. We're standing in a line at a really fun ride. We're just chit-chatting. And somebody either intentionally or accidentally shoves us. Okay. Well, that push never feels good. It feels intrusive. It feels abrasive. We don't like it. But what if that shoved, when we get back up, we go, oh my gosh, it pushed me to the front of the line. Oh, <laughs> that was good. I didn't like the experience. I'm now ahead of where I was. I don't know if that sounds cheesy, listeners, but I'm just saying, maybe the pressure could be the shove to the front of the line. Mm. I actually am in a better place now than I was before because of that shove. So I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to do is give you imagery that are going to help you better profile and lead that student into um, turning this stress into pressure. Okay, this is awesome. So Tim, you mentioned getting practical with us. Help us help us kind of take this to the next level. How do we actually help our students get the most out of the pressure they're facing? Okay, so let me give you some steps, but I want you to know all of these steps fall under the umbrella of the power we perceive that we possess to do something about the situation. That's it. Remember, watching the game on TV versus you're in the game. We want to push the students into the game. All right? Love it. So I have a handful of steps. Number one. Number one is embrace a realistic view of what's really at stake. No more, no less. Sometimes we get stressed out because we make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world. So don't create trouble by making mountains out of molehills. Be realistic about the stakes that are in front of you. That's great. Okay? I love yep. it. Number two, help students focus on what they can control not on what they cannot. Yep. One of the most miserable days we will ever experience is to try to control some things that are not in our control. So true. Or vice versa, not yep. do something we should control. So if something's out of your control, trust the process you're in. If it's controllable, take responsibility. Love There's it. that difference between pressure and stress. Absolutely. Number three, eliminate sources of pressure or stress that distract students from what's important. So even though I think pressure is good, not all pressure is good. Yeah. If you're getting pressure that could make you better, but it's at a category you don't even care about, take yeah. it away. Get rid of it. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't need to be yelling. Huh? <laughs> uh, get rid of anything that clouds your focus or prevents you from concentrating on that really important goal. Number four, enable those students to determine, to determine one step they can actually take toward their goals. So in choosing one step toward the goal, the pressure can shove us, as I've mentioned, in the right direction. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Number five, envision the positive outcomes and growth that could come from this pressure. So this is personal for me. The way I get through stressful situations is I let the pressure help me by me seeing that book I'm writing come to fruition. Yeah. Or that... Uh, event that I'm planning come to fruition, or the one you're planning to come yeah. to fruition. So uh, there's there's nothing more powerful than envisioning the outcome and saying, "Oh, I want that. I really want that." Yeah. And that just inspires 
And of course, inspiration and aspiration always go together. So, so true. close your eyes. I'm giving you a step now. Close your eyes and see the results you desire. Imagine the pressure working for you. Mm. Number six, talk about post-traumatic growth and tell stories of those who've experienced it. Yeah. So in past podcasts, uh, we've talked about post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and PTG, yeah. post-traumatic growth. I'm saying trauma doesn't have to produce PTSD. Post-traumatic growth or PTG occurs when we process the benefits that arise from trauma. I would say with your students, talk about, talk about people who've gone through stressful times and something wonderful happened. Yeah. They invented something. They discovered something. They wrote something. Okay? So true. One more step. Number seven, clarify why this pressure point outcome is important to you. So know your why. Um, I feel like I do better when I go back to, why am I doing this again? You know, And when I re remind myself, oh, yeah, of course, I need to do this because I want that. So know your why, be clear on why the outcome is valuable, and then leverage it to push you forward. Mm. Remember that most humans, folks, need pressure to perform at their best. Our job is to ensure that pressure pushes us in the right direction. I actually believe there's a diamond waiting inside that student. And listener, there's a diamond waiting inside of you if you'll let pressure do its work. So true. So true. Well, Tim, this has been great. Um, any final thoughts for us? I, th I know you're always sitting on something. <laughs> yes, I, I actually am. Um, one of our team members at Growing Leaders, I love all of our team members, but Mimi uh, used to play basketball at Georgia Tech for the Georgia Tech women's basketball team. In fact, she was a starting point guard all four years and uh, she's a legend there. She is. Yeah. She set the record for assists, which I say, Mimi, you're still setting that record at growing the year. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Here. But um, I talked to her about this and she immediately smiled and said, oh, that's so true. So Mimi had some games her freshman year. She was watching from the bench. Yeah. She said, there is nothing more stressful than to watch your teammates that you actually love. Yeah. Striving against North Carolina or Florida State or whatever. And you, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But she said, when that coach put me in the game, it was still hard. Yeah. But she said, I felt the liberty now to say, I'm point guard. I can do something about this. Yeah. And I thought, that's exactly what we're talking about, Mimi. And they went to the Sweet 16. They were the first Georgia Tech women's basketball team to go to the Sweet 16. Now, she would not say she's the reason, but she was one of five. Yeah. You know, and uh, she would say, if she were here right now, it was the difference between stress and pressure. It was the difference between being on the bench, watching the action, feeling stressed out, and getting in the game. Folks, we've got to help our students get in the game mm. and let pressure do its perfect work. I love that. One final metaphor for you. I love it. Get in the game. It's yeah. exactly what we're ch challenging our students to do. Stress is happening because we're not doing that. But Tim, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Um, this concept is so important to us. We're going to talk about it for a whole long time. But if this is something you really want to dig in more to, this content is actually going to be a part, one part chapter, of yeah. one chapter, in fact, of a brand new ebook that's coming out. We are so excited about this new ebook, and we actually want to give you an opportunity to get it for free. Uh, so on February 1st, a brand new ebook is releasing, we're calling The Comeback Classroom, How Schools Can Model and Cultivate Resilience for Their Students. Now, Tim, you just finished this ebook. I don't know if you want to say anything about it. 
I'm really excited about it coming out. It was out. pressure. No, I'm just, I'm <laughs> yes, just kidding. It was. Uh, it was fun to write, and it's full of these metaphors. So yeah. if this image has been helpful, uh, there's data for sure. We try to make sure everything's research-based, but I try to give some really helpful metaphors, if nothing else, for you as you lead your students. So tune into that um, time we have together, and then we'd love to give you the, the ebook as, as a tool in your hands this next year. Awesome. So I want you to be able to get this ebook for free. All you have to do is sign up for the webinar, the ebook launch webinar that's on February 1st. You can click the link in the show notes in the description uh, in order to sign up for this. We think you're really going to love this new ebook, and I think you'll enjoy the live webinar that we're doing as well. So again, that's going to be on February 1st. Click the link in the description, and we will get you access to this brand new ebook. We can't wait to get it into your hands, and hopefully you'll be able to share it with other folks who you think you may, may find it helpful. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. That helps to get the word out about what we're doing here. If you found this helpful, uh, share it with somebody else who you think that uh, it might find it helpful as well. So go ahead and pass it along to a friend. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, uh, things you think we should talk about, people you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting this. Well, Tim, thank you so much for leading us through this very important conversation. Thank you guys for leading so well, and we'll see you next time. Woo!